to the next in our series of Pacific Outlook podcasts. My name is Tess Newton-Kane and I am the project lead of the Pacific Hub. If I may, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which I work and I acknowledge their elders past and present. Today, you'll hear me talking with Ruha Fifita, who is an industry fellow of the Griffith Asia Institute and a member of our Pacific Hub. Ruha is also an interdisciplinary artist and she is the curatorial assistant for Pacific Art at both the Queensland Art Gallery and the Gallery of Modern Art. It was great to chat with Ruha. I learned a lot about her work and how artistic and cultural expression is such an integral part of Pacific thinking and being. Here's the chat now. Ruha, welcome to Pacific Outlook Podcasts. Thank you for making some time to chat with me today. To start off with, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background, and what you're currently working on and, and how you got to where you are now? My name is Ruha Fifita. I am of mixed heritage. So my dad was born and raised in Tonga, where I was also born in the island of Avao. And my mom was raised in New Zealand, but with really strong connections to her Welsh ancestry in Europe. And so to imagine it was, um, I really feel privileged to be connected to a number of different cultures. I uh, yeah, was raised in Tonga and in, in that space, it's just such a creative community. Me, me and my family and extended family, it's really an opportunity to, you know, get involved in an, a very organic way in the arts um, as just a part of day-to-day life and community life. And we really fell in love with it and started thinking about how the arts could really contribute to other, to addressing different social issues in the community and to um, ways that youth were really learning about the role that they could play in the society. So through that was involved with my sister, my brother, and later on many other family members and friends starting an initiative called the On The Spot Arts Initiative. We were able to develop the meaningful relationships with other creatives around the Pacific and learn more about the region through travel and through connection through the arts. And then from then I was really inspired to study more and to kind of equip myself to contribute further. And so I sought out different opportunities and ended up in Brisbane, of all places, and really had the bounty of studying at the Queensland University of Technology in a unique degree there in creative industries. And from there, um, developed some local relationships and ended up working at the Queensland Art Gallery um, as a research assistant, which has kind of shifted now to assisting in curatorial work and different things for the last four or so years, uh, which I love because it's really helped to maintain a connection to the Pacific in a very purposeful way. That's great, thank you very much. So. If we focus on the the relationships between Australia, where we sit now, and Pacific Island countries, including Tonga, how important do you think the area that you work in, the area of arts and cultural expressions, creative industries, how important are those aspects to the relationships between Australia and countries in the region? Yeah, I think um, the importance I feel really is rooted in a particular view of the arts, you know? I think the arts, when we talk about um, how how certain ideas and values and ways of seeing the world and engaging with the world are preserved and passed on and communicated from one generation to the next, the arts has, you know, a most crucial role in that. 
that it's not just information we're passing on, but it's, you know, a certain sense of, I know the word mana comes to mind, you know, that there's certain qualities and attitudes and a spirit that also is carried. And the arts have a, a kind of singular ability to do that, I feel. Um, and that spans over, you know, music, dance, poetry, film, different kinds of storytelling. And I know we've all been um, many, you know, experienced it ourselves here. And so for the Pacific, there are people, you know, indigenous peoples that have maintained connection to land and a way of being for such a long period of time in one space. I think um, our ability to learn and form connections that are really around appreciating and understanding ways, you know, the different the diversity and it can be so different, you know, just to take our assumptions, you know, there are really different ways of seeing and um, seeing the world and really different perspectives. And the arts, I think, are almost a window or a key to help us understand and then form connections that we can know are mutually beneficial um, and are, yeah, founded on a real understanding of a place. And so to sort of take that from um, almost like the philosophical approach that you've you've outlined there mm. to maybe take it to something that's a little more tangible. Can you yes. point to some examples of activities that you've been involved in or that you've observed where you've you've seen these sorts of cultural expressions or use of the arts, celebration of the arts, help to form or, or commence meaningful people-to-people links between Australia and the Pacific? Can you give us some examples of of where you've seen that happening? Yeah, it's nice to have participated in a number of such opportunities myself as an artist or as a person, you know, representing my country, um, Tonga, alongside others. And that I feel gives you, you feel it, not, you know, not just as an observer of kind of seeing others exchange their culture and different things. So there's been some really critical things. I don't know if you've heard of um, the Festival of Pers- of Pacific arts that happens throughout where it's really people all over the Pacific come to share different, it's very much focused on arts, going into healing arts, performance and film, fashion, storytelling. And it's just this um, almost two-week period of exchange, which you see as it has this rhythm of every four years has really consolidated different relationships. We've had the privilege of being part of it a number of times and just the collaborations, the sense of understanding, how conversations and stereotypes shift. Some things in your own countries that are rooted in long histories of prejudice or different things. And you see once you're in a space and you're dancing and singing and, you know, able to have real conversations and living together with um, people from different spaces. And interacting in ways that really transcend language or, um, you know, those kind of attitudes that maybe sit within or prejudices that sit in different societies or assumptions that that really shifts the relationship so I've seen that part of it as an artist I think participating in other exchange projects where as a visual artist being able to co-exhibit or collaborate with others from other countries and just the experience of creating work in a different country and how much that shifts the work and your perspectives and Yeah, so that's been, I was part of a number of those, one particular one in New Caledonia, where it was a group of artists working towards supporting um, advocacy for greater ocean protection in the region. And so we were went to an outer village and it was a number of us from um, different countries in the Pacific that were there. Sometimes we say the Pacific and we group it as one thing almost, or it's like the Pacific kind of people. And 
just the complexities of different, you know, even within a country, one island to the next, one tribe to the next, it's, you know, really significant differences. And that um, New Caledonia, it was amazing because I didn't speak French and it was only through my art that I was able to interact and you could have conversations, just having people paint, show things and um, see and watch. And, you know, we were teaching each other dances and sharing stories without language. So that was really um found experience but then I think also observing different things work with the Asia Pacific Triennial and just seeing the great potency that that has in Brisbane where art itself is brought sometimes without the artist and how much that communicates to an audience and even more so when communities are able to interact with the artists themselves yeah so there's many come to mind but I think um, those are some things that stand out so I'm really struck and I'd be keen to get your thoughts on this I'm really struck by what you've said there in terms of it resonates with something that I've kind of thought before which is often when Australian the Australian government or agencies or even just the Australian community generally thinks of the Pacific often the the dynamic is very much one of you know we Mm -hmm. need to teach people or we need to help build capacity or you know very much a sort of I don't really want to characterize it as a power dynamic, but it tends to be a bit of a trope around <laughs> we have and they need and we can share what we've got. And, and in some spheres, that may well be true. But it's recently struck me that in the field that you work in, everybody yeah. comes as a teacher and everybody comes as a learner. And, you know, the words that you've used about sharing and collaborating, it strikes me that it has the potential to be a much more a much more equal an arena of equality than is possibly the case in other areas. Is that something that you've given any thought to? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, when you think about just how much the conversation of like development of developed countries helping underdeveloped countries and just how much damage that word and that language I think has done to our views of the Pacific and feel like the arts remind us of different forms of wealth that we have. Um, and knowledge that are there, you know, and value that places carry that we can learn from. Um, They're, you know, a way that help us to be reminded of that sense. And there's so much that is in, you know, not just the Pacific in general, but every other, um, every small locality that we really, I think, you know, especially as a Western a largely kind of western oriented community here in Australia we have so much to learn first of all from our, our own indigenous community here but then to be able to also benefit from the diverse experiences of the Pacific which is so close to our shores and even more and more part of the country that we are I think we need to view as a real wealth of asset yeah I think I think there's I think it's a really important issue it's one that maybe we hasn't been given as much mm-hmm. prominence as other aspects of the relationship but I think it's one that that you know we should we should be hearing and thinking more about so you mm-hmm. talked about some of the the APT and the Festival of Pacific Arts and, and other activities that you've been involved in where these people-to-people linkages have been allowed to form and grow and you've You've illustrated yeah. the organic nature of that. What do you think are the opportunities for developing those linkages further? Partic- I guess particularly mm. looking at 
what are the opportunities here in Australia and are there particular opportunities here in Queensland to, yeah. to, to create the sorts of spaces where this wealth can be shared or, or explored or, or even just demonstrated? Yeah, I really, Australia's, I mean, particularly Queensland actually is quite an exciting place to consider this question because here, I keep flipping between saying we or you, but yeah, you have your own Pacific communities, the Torres Strait Islanders, South Sea Islanders, you have deep connections to the Pacific, you know, let alone a growing number of Pacific Islanders living in the diaspora, you could say, where there's now, you know, second, third generation Australian born people of Pacific descent that are really a part of and not just to say that but the communities here are incredibly diverse I remember first moving here into um, a little neighborhood in Goodna and every single house was from a different country you know it was you're kind of Fijian the Brazilian and the Sudanese and the Congolese all in the same complex and that's really exciting because you can learn what you know you can create dialogues even at the neighborhood level of how as specific founders or how that what can contribute to vibrant communities you know even at that level it can make such a valuable contribution of the sense of remembering yeah it was so odd to me that neighbors didn't know each other and so you know since then I've been really involved in different initiatives where the value of kind of those uh, relationships with people around you and different things has kind of come and a, a lot of the arts and singing can help to build those connections between people from completely different places so yeah I definitely see that there's a lot not just at the large scale but really at the grassroots level where that kind of thinking of you know the value of community and uh, ability to kind of build and value interpersonal connections in particular areas is definitely there but I think yeah even on the larger scale we can really tap into our own connections and learn more about people that are there and just this idea of fostering so that's one that comes to mind it's just the ability for us to tap into our what's in our own shores I think in terms of connections between the Pacific where I see that they have the potential to really have an impact is yeah I think as you articulated earlier where there's really a clarity around teaching and learning this reciprocity is the goal with building those kinds of relationships and having an intention that's long term it's not just engaging this community for this one-off project but we have to know to really know how to do this right and effectively we have to see that we have a lot to learn and that takes us a long time it's not like oh yeah we can develop so we need I feel grant support systems that support something to take to kind of advance and build on itself over a number of years um, in terms of relationships or the ways that we engage with the Pacific. Yeah, and it's really approach and a mode learning, I think is really crucial. So my final question um, comes back to something that you, you touched on earlier. And this is something yeah. that, you know, you know, I'd be really keen to hear from you as, a, as an expert in the field, because it is something that I've noticed, but I, I don't really have anything more to offer other than I have noticed. But <laughs> I wonder whether what whether you can give us some insight or reflect on your understanding of how Pacific people use modes of artistic and cultural expression as part of their advocacy around 
really some quite big issues, whether it's advocacy in relation to the impacts of climate change or in relation to issues of self-determination. Yeah, I'm aware of, of things, whether mm. it's music or street art or, or other things, but I wonder whether as a, as a, as a curator and an artist yourself and as a, a scholar of these issues, whether you can give us some broader insight as to how, how, how that comes about and what, what it means for advocacy by Pacific people. I don't see myself so much as an expert, but it is, some, it is a question that really interests me of thinking about use of the arts. You know, we, there are different levels. My, there's one level where we can kind of see that the arts are used to present ideas. So this idea of, of presentation of culture and creativity help to remind we're here, we exist, this kind of advocacy around like climate change. And we, we need to save this cultural knowledge and identity and in as many spaces as we can get people showing and engaging with their own culture and helping that see, okay, our actions are we're not the only ones in this world, you know, very close to us are such rich, um, different cultures and communities. But that itself has an impact. I think where my interest really lies, though beyond that is thinking about the creative process itself. Like how do we look at the fr like almost conceptual frameworks that have guided the use of the arts in other indigenous cultures. So maybe for example have had really the bounty over the last several years to engage with a particular practice that I've used it's you know, looking around ngatu making and the making of uh, work on on tapa cloth but you know it's one way to engage with it that you're keeping alive by just continuing to make and what I found really interesting is to be able to have conversations with people around what is the process that allows for something to come out on the other end that has meaning and um, understanding and it's really understanding it not so much as uh, something that purposes to create an end object of you know monetary value that tells a story but you know how it demands certain attitudes skills to create you know the ability to consult to uh, to solve very difficult problems to bring bring ideas and fun points of unity to translate complex thoughts into profound symbols that have meaning for a particular time and respond to real needs. So these ways of thinking, these kind of mental skills, you know, to connect with, to make these things requires sacrifice, requires time, like, and for people to make that often demands that it has a very noble purpose. So even that in itself is giving time to things, choosing noble goals for yourself and for your community these things, I think the arts and it, because it comes from the environment as well, it demands a certain relationship to and awareness of the materials you're working with. How do we create the best quality? It's, we have to go and we have to tend to these plants, you know, for two years to watch things carefully. We have to, you know, if this is not working so well because our the lagoon is really dirty, we can't make this work here anymore. The dye is not the same and you start to notice things and it's more that process of making the conversations and learning that can happen uh, along the way that foster collective understanding and shifts understanding that I feel have a very significant and maybe largely untapped potential um, in the way that they can contribute to different things. So we're, yeah, it's, uh, I feel it's, it's the process as well as the outcomes, but the, the more thought we can give to 
raising um, the significance of that process, a process of creating some of these works. I mean, even poetry and music, you know, these different things are so, they're done in a particular way. They're created in a particular way. So to be able to, to understand that and then kind of apply it to real needs now in this contemporary world, I think, yeah, has a lot of power in communities. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, Ruha, for being with us today and for sharing your insights. Um, I, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot. I'm very honoured that we were able to have this conversation and look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you. It's a really a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Pacific Islands Podcasts with me, Tess Newton-Kane. I'd like to thank Louise Milligan, who has done the bulk of the editing for this podcast. The music that accompanies our podcast is a song called Tonga Papau, and it's by Kao Makonga from their album Tauaba, which is produced by Wanta Music. Music